Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader. And in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult. And, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Pete Slaney. Pete is the principal of Manuko Christian School in Auckland, New Zealand, one of my favorite parts of the world, such a beautiful place. Pete, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Jono. And you did pretty well with the pronunciation there, actually. Not bad for an Australian, I must say. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> one of my favorite stories is uh, from... Um, episode two right when i was starting the podcast an educational leader actually a great he's a great guy mark Plitzerwhite in um in the u.s and as we was prepping i said so just checking your school district is um uh, fontana school district and, and he oh jano no it's fontana and i was like <laughs> oh no i've completely australian I, I was so glad i checked so you can't hear that on the podcast because i checked previously so i'm always uh always checking with that. I don't Australianize everything too much with my <laughs> Aussie accent. Uh, although I throw everyone under the bus by just my name, Jono, half the, half, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to have a laugh, listen back to the podcast, all the different accents saying Jono, it's really entertaining. Um, I enjoy it anyway, <laughs> because it's such a, such an Aussie name. Enough about me, Pete, this is about you. So uh, tell us, I, I'd love for listeners to find out a bit about you. Uh, tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. Right, well, that's a, that's a pretty broad question, isn't it? I'm um, a principal of a, a private Christian school. We've got about 270-something students and 22-odd staff. No, they're not odd, around about 22 staff. <laughs> um, I've been doing this for just over four years. Prior to that, I was um, principal of another school, another independent Christian school for eight years. And I kind of fell into being a principal unintentionally through a series of circumstances that, you know, I, I could share if you wanted me to, but um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a passionate Christian. I believe, believe in God, believe the universe and <laughs> this world doesn't just exist by accident, but there's a plan and there's a purpose. And I think in, in trying to pursue leadership, it's really important to, to understand you know, purpose and, and to have, uh, to have a concept of um, something beyond just self, just, um, you know, the, the accidental nature of haphazard events of life, but there is actually purpose and there is, a, you know, a plan beyond all the things we, we see and experience. And that mm. certainly is a big part of what I'm about. Yeah, I'm not sure you. how much I should be saying here. I'll just sort of pause and you can, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, it's a bit of the, it's a never ending question, isn't it? Cause you could, you know, there's so much you could share, but no, that's great. Thank you. Uh, what does a day in your life look like a day in the life of Pete? A day in my life. Well, I'd, I'd, I would, I would love to be able to say there was a little bit of um, catch, catching waves on my stand-up paddleboard involved in most days, but actually, no, it's that's something that happens only quite rarely. But what I, a typical a typical day for me is I'll wake up around about five thirty or you know quarter to six, get straight up um, and get on the road as as soon as possible. 
And while I drive to work, I've got quite a long drive. I make that my, my quality time with God and I pray and I commit my day to him and I ask him for guidance and I ask him for wisdom and, you know, forgiveness when necessary. And um, I just I just relate to him as my heavenly father and, and try to get my day started on a good foundation. Get to work, make some breakfast, have coffee. Coffee is the most important thing. Have a look at some um, some scripture, and um, you know, read my Bible over breakfast, and then about seven mm. o'clock the the workday starts, and I I'll, I'll typically start by just uh, reviewing where I got to with um, the previous day, and just checking what what's yet to be what yet to be sorted out. Then I'll have a look at my set of appointments for for that day, and see what I need to prepare, and then and only then I'll check my emails because I've sort of learned the hard way that if you start the day by by checking the emails, um, the tyranny of the urgent takes over, and the important non-urgent things <laughs> that you had had you, you were halfway through doing or you didn't get to yesterday don't get done again today, and you end up you know a slave to the to the urgent, which I don't think is is great leadership. Um, and then the rest of the day sort of uh, follows whatever was on the plan for, you know, and whatever's on my, my timetable and whatever's been set up for that day. Typically, um, wrapping up the work day anywhere between sort of 4.30 and 6.30 and heading home. And I try to I, I try to stay at work until I get everything done that I need to do and not take the work home because home's kind of more of a sanctuary. Um, I know people talk about having a work-life blend rather than a work-life balance. I've thought about that one and thought, mm, nah, I think um, I think we need to be able to de-stress somehow. For me, getting home is is de-stressing. Um, that's, just, that's just how I do it. Yeah. No, I love hearing that because I think it's, it's great hearing different opinions. And people do have different opinions about work-life balance, work-life blend. Had someone on the podcast a few episodes ago they call it the work-life machine, um, <laughs> which I'd never heard of before, which I, which I like. And so, yeah, I think, I think it's great to have whatever works for you and then to share that. So that's wonderful. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Let's find out a bit more about your background, uh, Pete. So I'd love to hear some of those moments along the way that have really shaped you becoming the leader and the person you are today. And uh, maybe we can start with growing up. Are there any moments where you know young Pete where you think back and you think that was a really pivotal moment in shaping um who you are yeah well I'm not sure about shaping um in terms of leadership so much but in in a more of a I, I suppose when I was at school I wasn't a particularly happy kid and didn't particularly enjoy school and um just social things and sort of upbringing I had I, I didn't fit particularly well in the, the social dynamics of school and uh, sometimes I would see young people who were sitting on their own uh, looking lonely or I would I would be the one sitting on my own feeling lonely sometimes and I, and I thought one day I want to be a teacher and I want to work in education I want to make sure there are no lonely unhappy kids at school and um, uh, yeah I think getting into education and getting into educational leadership and remembering remembering those moments thinking you know why do we do what we do and as a leader you can get so consumed with as you mentioned before the machine the big the big machine just keeping everything happening and um it, it's all about it's all about trying to do not just um do things right but um do the right things and and one of the right things is to is to 
make sure people are looked after. And I think having having a few rough experiences as a as a kid, um, being bullied and perhaps some, um, you know, not fitting in sometimes actually in a way makes you a, a stronger leader when you're in a position of um, of influence because you don't just look to the look to the keeping improving the system. You remember the people that make the system. You remember the the, the, the real needs that exist beyond the um beyond the outcomes that you might sort of document is the, the people's lives and the, the the hurt and the um the pain that people experience and especially yeah. at the moment with this jolly pandemic and you know the some of the unhelpful things that are going on alongside that it's um remembering people and people hurt and people need care they need love and they need respect and i don't know i'm probably waffling <laughs> off the topic now but uh, i suppose another another key thing was i i was um when i was uh let's say 15 years ago or something i was um actually training for for pastoral ministry and uh, at bible college and I, I finished my pastoral training and then i was kind of just waiting to see well i'm going to go and work at a church somewhere meanwhile i was teaching at a christian school and the the principal um at a at a, at a meeting um announced she was retiring and at the same time um there was this move a foot to close down the high school which i was going which i was teaching at and um which my oldest boy was about to start attending and um so i was feeling a bit glum at this meeting because the the, the high school i was working at was about to close um the principal was resigning and um and yeah i was about to be out of a job and of course none of us knew that the principal was was resigning until this this actual meeting and after the meeting, I had three or four different people come up to me and just say, Pete, you should be the next principal. And I thought, you are kidding. I've <laughs> never wanted to be a principal. Why would wow. I want to be a principal? Um, but something about something sort of happened on that night. And I, as I was driving home, I said, God, do you want me to be principal of this school? And it was almost like I, <laughs> I, know, I know these things are subjective, um, but it was almost like I felt this kind of cloak or something just settled down over me and i just kind of knew that that's what god wanted me to do so from planning wow. to go and go and work as a pastor suddenly i just i just really absolutely knew in my heart that god wanted me to be the principal of that school and um so i applied for the job and i and i went to the interview and all the rest of it but the whole time i kind of just knew not in an arrogant way but i just i just really felt it was what god wanted so mm. yeah and, and the only reason i could actually get through that leadership role because things actually got really tough that the only reason i could i could stick it out and not um not fall apart once or twice was because i knew god <laughs> had called me to do it and i knew i wasn't just doing it on a whim i was doing it because this this was what i was meant to be doing um yeah that's incredible pete uh wow i love that i love hearing stories like that about uh, that sense of, you know, like a cloak. That's, uh, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I want to ask as well in, in your leadership journey, uh, that was, and I thought, actually, I just want to say, I love what you shared about when you were younger at school and how school was, was kind of hard for you. And you had that aha moment of, I want to be, you know, a teacher and actually, and, and help kids who, who feel, uh, who are sort of getting, bullied or, or aren't fitting in. And you know, what is crazy, the number of school leaders I work with who have the same story, it's, it's just, uh, it's something that's really, I've really noticed. I'm always, I always assumed that people who 
in uh, end up in education roles, loved school and had a great experience. <laughs> but I'd say often I'm in a room and 75% of the leadership team say, well, actually for me, school was really hard or actually mm. for me, this part of school was really tough. And, um, but I think that's often the seed that leads to exactly like you said, and I always say this to leaders as well, that's what gives you the empathy to then be able to lead those kids and, and look them in the eye and and tell them you understand and see things differently to other people. Mm. Yeah, I, over over time, um, it's funny, eh? as, a, as a leader, I went from being a, a standard classroom teacher to being a leader and I, I discovered after a little while it came as a bit of a shock to me that people actually took notice of the things that I said, <laughs> and um, I don't think I'm a I don't think I'm a natural leader. I'm not uh, I'm not a really dominant personality type. But we'd have meetings, you know, appraisal meetings and various sorts of things, and I'd, I'd say things, and sometimes people would come back to me a couple of days later and say, um, "I've just got to say to you, I feel really hurt by what you said," and I'd say, "Oh, really? What?" What did I say? And um, and they'd re relay something. I said, "Oh, well, okay. I said that. Well, why don't we have a chat about what what I was meaning to say? Um, because maybe what I was meaning to say and what you have picked up, maybe there's a bit of a bit of a gap there. And so there'd be a bit of a clarifying conversation. And sometimes people would come back weeks later, and and I re <laughs> and I realised that as a as a leader, people um, even though I think of myself as an extremely ordinary Joe average person, people put a lot of store in the, the comments that you make and you've got to be so careful what you communicate um overtly and and subtly covertly and um mm. the, the, i've sort of just developed this little um little statement that i that i say to myself quite frequently and that is people are precious don't break them mm. and I, I wish i could say i live by that all the time because i um i i, I crash and burn you know and, and do things wrong <laughs> and find myself on the back foot apologizing and what i meant to do or what i should have done or if i had this over again what i think i'd do differently but you know what i <laughs> my my aim is always to treat people in that way people are precious don't break them it's kind of just a and that mm. poss possibly relates to what, what you were saying about um many many educational leaders perhaps do come from a, a place of not coping that well with school and they want to make school a better a better environment for young people today and yeah that's yeah. part of part of my thing i love that statement people are precious don't break them that's um that's good that's really good pete i, I something that you, just i thought of as you were talking about that idea of saying something and then weeks later someone says uh, it really hurt me when you said this and you say what I said that wait wait a second let's <laughs> you know i found the funniest thing for me which is actually a really good exercise for anyone listening to go and try is when you're next having a chat with someone whether they're a friend or whether they're your leader or whether you're leading them and they say something because i do this a lot when i'm working with leaders and the funniest thing to me and it happens all the time is someone will say something to me and i will do this active listening so i'll repeat it back to them but i'm talking i'm not summarizing i'm I'll often use exactly some of the same words they use. And the number of times it's like 50, 50, I'd say 50% of the time someone goes, yeah, that's actually right. Mm. And then 50% of the time I'll say exactly what they said to me back to them. 
mm. and they'll go and they'll go no no I, <laughs> that's that's not what i mean so i'll say yeah. oh, so what i'm hearing is this and i'll say no that's not what i mean and it's so funny how much it always surprises me every time i i think to myself but that's exactly what you just said to me but yeah. i i do it too we say something we mean something else the person listening hears something different and that's and that's why one of the themes of this whole podcast, I feel like it, that comes up nearly every episode is listening well. That's why I love that story of you just sort of talking. And then, you know, someone says that really hurt me when you said mm. that and you go, mm. what on earth? Where did, you know, let's, mm. let's have a conversation about what I meant because that's not all what I meant. Yeah. It's a wonder we can communicate at all really, isn't it? When you think there's what I intend to say, there's what I actually say, there's what somebody heard me say and you know it can get broken down at any of those at any point along that chain um it just it happened to me just just the other day on monday morning i was sharing a little devotional with the staff and and somebody came up to me at the end and said pete i, th I think you'll find um jesus did offend people and that's why they crucified him and i said yeah um i agree what's the problem well you said jesus didn't offend anybody did i did i say that well, apparently I did, but it was <laughs> it was not what I was meaning to say, and it was probably packaged within a bunch of other things. And um, but yeah, we make these statements, and sometimes they're just sort of off the cuff little comments that are <laughs> that are meant to be um, supporting a, a sort of a larger unit of communication. But that little statement on its own can be taken in isolation and and and, and used in damaging ways, can't it? If if we're not careful. Absolutely. Uh, what have you learned about, because I, I love uh, your frankness in, in describing that you, st you, you were looking at pastoral ministry. Suddenly there's a very clear sense and story and journey behind taking the role of principal. And I also appreciated how you shared that that wasn't easy. <laughs> you know, no, it wasn't. And really just because wasn't. we're, just because we're meant to do something and it being easy that they're not, um, they, they don't go hand in hand. Sometimes mm. what, what we are meant to be doing um, is it is really hard um, and uh, and even painful sometimes. But um, what have you learned about listening and communicating in your years now um, as a principal, as a leader, uh, and anything you've learned that you've that sort of has become a bit of a way that you practice communication or practice leadership to uh, to to sort of um, help in some of these areas. Yeah, I think you you mentioned it before. Um, the act of listening, the um, as people are talking, just um, now and again, just stopping them and saying, "So what I'm hearing is you've just said this and that and the other." So the the main thing I'm picking up from this is you feel a particular way and you're wanting something or other to happen. Am I am I hearing what you're saying? And and they will either um, confirm or. Um, correct me and I, I found that really useful um also just trying to trying to hear people's hearts rather than just hear the information and sometimes people are speaking out of insecurity sometimes they're speaking out of hurt sometimes they're speaking out of um a sense of deep sense of inadequacy and so what you're getting is is filtered through those those deep needs and um trying to hear beyond the actual words and beyond even even what what might be sounding almost accusing i mean in a position of leadership you're 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 often the bad guy aren't you and um even if even if you're not you, you, you still are sometimes and um sort of been able to peel yeah. back peel that back and go well you know i'm just in the position so here i am i'm sort of a lightning rod 
particularly when things are going, things are tough, like there's a, I don't know, a vaccine mandate or something like that, uh, that people don't like, or there's a, um, yeah. it's a particular challenge that people are, are facing. And you can be the lightning rod and just to sort of filter that out and think, okay, well, it's not about me. Um, what's, what's really going on here? Um, somebody once said, <laughs> and I, I took, I took notice of it. Um, somebody just said, don't take yourself too seriously. Take, take God seriously and take other people seriously. But just don't take yourself seriously, and um, <laughs> I think I think sometimes leaders can feel that right. I'm the leader, so I've got to have a total handle on everything. I've got to be the expert in the room on every field. I've got to be the one who knows everything about everything, and then they they burn out um, or just or just give up in disappointment. And um, I think in in communicating and in, in listening and in, in listening hard listening well also being prepared to not be the expert to not always have the answer and to sometimes just be able to acknowledge that the person you're talking to knows way more about x y and z than than you know and that's okay because being the leader doesn't mean you're the expert in everything being the leader just means you're um, helping everyone else to be the expert in their field and to flourish in what they're doing but it's hard because yes. you, you do feel that as a leader, you should always have a total handle on everything. And one of one of the things I have have struggled, <laughs> gosh, I don't know, I'm making myself a bit vulnerable, but I suppose, but that's that's life. Um, <laughs> in, my, in my current role is I work with some brilliant people. They're so knowledgeable. They're so clever. They're so astute. They're so talented. You can feel insecure. You can start to think, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the dumbest guy in the room. But it's, it's okay to be the dumbest guy in the room if you're helping everyone else to do what they do as well as they possibly can, then, you know, that's, that's the goals being achieved, isn't it? Um, I think you even, I think it's even a good, like I would say a, a leadership win is to find yourself in the room with a team where you feel like you are the dumbest person in the room. I think that's, that's where, that's where every leader should want to be. I think leaders who want to be the smartest in the room, like at the other extreme, you're completely hamstrung because it, it sort of undermines nearly every good thing you can do as a leader when you're thinking like that. So I actually think, I know you're being really vulnerable to share that, but I think that that is, that's great leadership. And that's actually, that's a good goal. You want to look around the room and go, wow, I think I'm the dumbest person in this room. That's, that's a, that's a win. Well, if it happens every day in every meeting, you've got to start wondering, don't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> oh that's great pete i appreciate you sharing that um interested to know along the way in your life um have there been any mentors uh that you've or, or people that you've watched lead and it doesn't need to be in education as well but you've just really been impressed or learnt a lot from how they led um or the other thing i was thinking are there any maybe there are some times as you look back on your life where you think I saw from afar, I was part of something that really, really went bad and it was very painful and you learned what not to do. Any, any stories about either of those sort of things come to mind? Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess I had a, a mentor in my, in my early years as a principal and that was um, the late Colin Prentice. And I didn't actually watch him lead, but I read, some of his books and I, his legacy sort of spoke for him. Um, the guy was a genius and was, um, he headed two large high schools and then was the um, CEO of World Vision New Zealand. And um, he wrote a book, um, When People Matter Most, 
and he helped me to always see the the, the human the human cost or the human um to, to, to make sure that, that the people were factored into every equation um and every every leadership decision it was about uh, not just about about metrics and outcomes but about people uh, that 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 helped me considerably i didn't have any sort of experience of witnessing him leading but because um yeah as i said his, his sort of legacy went before him in a sense um mm. other than that yeah i mean i've had a, a a pastor who simply just by his sheer determination to stick with a vision and pursue um what he believed god was calling him to do that really inspired me um just stickability determination not giving up um things don't go your way things don't um things don't work out the way you'd like them to but not giving up and walking away it's it's so easy to give up yeah. and walk away and think oh that didn't work um in my in my yeah as i was saying before leading um at when i was at a my previous school uh it was a, it was a very very difficult role because um the the school was financially in a very bad position and when i took over as leader you know i had people come up to me and say um well congratulations on your new job uh i think <laughs> because um because the school was in financially in dire straits and um and so i took it on knowing that it was in dire straits and knowing that it needed a miracle and um what happened was i was principal there for eight years and in the first in the first few years the school um grew and it started to really flourish and financially things were things were good and i thought wow this is good god's blessing us and i also had this sneaky little thought in the back of my head pete slaney you're not doing a bad job this is you know partly partly you're doing good stuff <laughs> and then things turned around um for various reasons mostly external factors to do with uh, the economy and to do with other nearby schools and different funding mechanisms and so forth we had a really good school happening but um we started losing students and um, financially we couldn't do it and the school ended up closing so in my eight years as principal um there were there were the good times when, th when things were going well and there were the bad times when things were not going well and you know closing a school isn't isn't fun when you're the leader and when you've treated it as your baby and it's been your mission and when you took the job on saying um this school will not close under my watch it was a, a dumb thing to say <laughs> you shouldn't make promises <laughs> that you can't keep i don't think i'm answering your question very well now i've sort of moved on but it's, it's, no, is no, okay? this is, yeah this is really i appreciate you sharing this story what uh and so much of i guess when we when we all present our sort of instagram or facebook versions of leadership it's uh, it can be easy to say these, you know, I did these five things and, but I feel like most of the lessons I've learned has been when uh, for me personally, when I've really dropped the ball um, or when I've done really, when I've really feel like I've done the best I could with what I had and, and even done a good job and yet you still don't mm -hmm. get a great outcome. That's when, that's when there's amazing learnings. So I'm interested to know from that really hard, season where you had to close a school that you like you said you were so committed to and um it was obviously so so important to you and you really poured and invested so much in mm. what what did you learn from that as a leader were there any sort of key learnings that you walked away from that experience that have that have uh, stayed with you 
Yeah, there's a couple. One would be about how we measure success and how we measure failure. Another one would be, I think, as I said before, I could only go through um, that experience, that the, 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 the difficult parts of that experience. So I could only go through it because I knew, like I knew, like I knew God had called me to do it. And the last two years were extremely difficult. Um, and, and as a leader, I think if, if you're passionate and you know you're called to something, you can you can just about do anything. But if you if you don't have the passion, if you don't have the passion, get out and do something else. Um, if you if you're not driven by a passion to really really see uh, the thing that you're leading flourish, I don't know. There's just no place. There's no place for half-hearted leadership. I, I don't believe. Um, so mm. I, I could only go through what I went through because I really believed God had called me to be there. And so second second thing that I'd learned is I think I think I I, I think we have. Um, I would challenge the the standard definitions of success and of failure. And I think, you know, if you say, if I say here on a leadership forum, <laughs> um, my I, my last school closed, then there's there's sort of an instant, um, well, this guy's a failed leader, in a sense. And from a kind of a worldly point of view, you'd have to think, well, yeah, I mean, that you don't set out to run a school and then see it closed. But at the same time, what are our metrics for measuring success and for measuring failure? If you if you look at the fact that um, yes, financially the school couldn't pay its bills and ended up becoming part of a um, part of a larger school that had a better funding mechanism that could get more students into the school and um, could have a su sustainable, viable future, and that's kind of success. And when you look at the number of young people whose lives were impacted positively um, by by that environment, that's success also. And when you, when you look at the lessons, the life lessons that a whole lot of people learned going through what was a really, really tough spot, but the um, the lessons learned, again, um, are of great value, and that that is success, if, if you want to look at it that way. And I just think um, life is yeah. life is a whole lot bigger than our narrow definitions sometimes. So personally, I, I look back at that, and yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that wishes that school could have could have um, grown and got on its feet, and you know, I could still be principal today of a great flourishing school. Going, oh, whoa, look at this! Isn't this good? But but I learned so much going through that experience, and I, and I think I think I learned a lot about about how to really measure success in in ways that are perhaps of more of an eternal nature and yeah. looking at you know just going beyond the the, the the standard definitions that we tend to you know in the, in the commercial world mm. yeah that's that's well said i appreciate you sharing that uh it is easy to to find success in a really narrow way and i think we need to be reminded of that um and, and probably the best reminder of that is in legacy people's legacy is often that when the people that uh, are often chatted about on on this podcast and, and really most of us the people that have really been important in shaping our lives if you look at them they often don't fit the narrow definition of success uh they're and yet they're the people that are most memorable and most significant in our lives mm. well let's jump into leadership express as we sort of land uh today pete this is great i'm really enjoying hearing your story and, and you're, you're so vulnerable sharing some of this. Um, here's the first question. What's a book that you've gifted to other people? 
I think I might, must be a bit of a, a stingy guy because I don't think I've gifted many books to many people actually. So, but uh, there's one called Community Governance by the Resolve Group. That's an Australian group. So here you go, Jono, one for you. Um, that's a good book on for boards on um, on recognising the difference between between governance and management. Quite useful. The other would be. Um, uh, Sanders' book on spiritual leadership, really good, and Lencioni's, oh, yes. Lencioni's book, uh, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Those are all books that I've either recommended or, uh, you know, um, passed on to people. Yeah, wonderful. Great recommendations. Uh, okay, let me jump to another question. What's a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? Yeah, yeah. I, I oh, Just to be so careful. Um just to be so careful with what you say and um, you, you you just can't pull words back inside your mouth and say, hang on, we'll just have a second go at that because you've said it, it's out. Um, I'm a fairly spontaneous person, so I will just say things <laughs> and then afterwards go, oh my goodness, why did I do that? Yeah, that's probably the one that's, that's, that's getting me at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. I think there's, um, and it's always interesting, isn't it? The balance. That's one of those things though, that uh, as a leader recognizing, which I think you've shared really well about telling some stories, the weight of our words and just realizing that we pro they're probably having more of an impact than we, than we realize and mm. um, just to weigh them, weigh them carefully. So that's great. Into, uh, into, what's a um, great, sorry, sorry, you go. Oh no! I was just—I was just going to say the other, uh, the other side to that would be, um, you know, if it needs to be said and it's going to be tough, say it in person, face to face, rather than you know becoming the keyboard warrior and <laughs> blasting off an email. Just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never yes. works well. But yeah. I think every, everybody knows that by now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all guilty of doing, uh, you know, and, and what. I think uh, one of the biggest challenges with communication like that is when things are stressful and what time uh, has been more stressful than the past couple of years in a one in 100 year pandemic. So I'd say there's probably a lot of leaders who it's good to be reminded of that, even if we mm. know it to go, no, that's right. Even when time is short, even when things are urgent, stop way up, whether it would be better to wait and make a phone call uh, and just have this and just make sure there's nothing missed. If, mm. if it's something that's a bit hard to, to, uh, to communicate. What's a, uh, what's a great piece of advice you've received? Oh, that I haven't already shared. Yeah. The one about not taking yourself too seriously is a, a good one. Um, taking other people seriously. Um, yeah, that's good. And that leaders, you can use the leaders, same advice multiple times. Yeah, yeah, I might have to. I'll run out of run out of ideas. Um, the idea of that leaders know the way, they show the way, they go the way. Um, if you're not going to go the way, don't bother telling people what they're supposed to do because they, you know people respect the leader who actually does the thing, walks the walks the journey with them, alongside them. Um, that's advice from a from a book I read by um, Sanders. That's right can't remember his first name spiritual leadership great book. yeah 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 that's great uh thank you for sharing that what is a movie or tv show that really impacted you oh goodness i don't watch many movies or watch a whole lot of tv um 
I don't you can, know. You can I, pick another book if you want. The book's fine. Yeah, I, I um, I really enjoy Lord of the Rings. Hey, where it's I don't know if it's your typical um movie about leadership. Probably not. But the way no, that's so, amazing. I'm I second that. That what a oh, that's just some of the best movies ever made. That determination to carry that ring no matter what and not be not be distracted or um, convinced by well-meaning others who will who will offer to take the thing from you. No, it's your burden to carry and you've got to carry it all the way and um, come what may, that's that's your call. You've got to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I find that inspiring. And a uh, quick plug for New Zealand, any Lord of the Rings fans, uh, my wife Liz and I were able to just before uh, COVID um, go and see some of the places, particularly the the Hobbit um, village where they filmed Lord of the Rings because we love Lord of the Rings. So uh, no, definitely that's a great recommendation. And any anyone out there who's going, yes, a hundred percent, Pete. What and, and I think there are that is a book, and that they are stories that are so full of leadership lessons. Um, just the selflessness of the of the group in in the in the higher sort of mission to actually realize mm. this this may cost me my my life but still it's worth it like just things like that that you go oh you know that story is is uh, a beautiful story about leadership and the other would be um darkest hour churchill's courage and his um conviction to mm. um to, to 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 work through those really really dark days and never never give up um that's a that's a leader you've got to admire right yeah, I, have you ever come across his journals from the wars? Like, there's five thousand page uh, sort of journals by Churchill. Have you ever come across that? Um, no, I haven't. Yeah, I, I haven't read it, but it's on my list because I heard. I think it was on the Tim Ferriss show, another podcast, where someone mentioned one of their favourite things that they've ever read was were these journals that Churchill was writing every day uh, through the war, and so that's something I went, oh. I really want to get my hands on that to read it. Like just, just being able to read. And I think a lot of it, and, and this is, I can't remember who it was on the, on the, in the interview, but saying a lot of it is numbers or just daily things, but just to get inside the, the mind of a leader going through that is fascinating. Um, mm. So I don't know what it's called, but people could probably Google it and find it, but that's one that, so yeah, Winston Churchill, darkest hour, another great recommendation. Pete, mm, love it. Is, yeah. Okay. Last question. If you were sitting down with a young leader and you could only give them one piece of leadership advice, what would you say? Keep the main thing, the main thing. <laughs> Make sure <laughs> you're in your leadership. You are, you are instilling a vision, keeping a vision before people and keep reminding them what they're there for and what the big goal is and not to get distracted by lesser things. That would be the, that would be the number one thing I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful number one thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Uh, and for those who have found this really helpful and might want to uh, connect with you, are you on LinkedIn or Twitter, anywhere else online, Pete? Um, um, no, not really. I'm, look, you, people could just message me, Facebook Messenger, and I'd be happy to hear from anyone who yeah, sure. wanted to yeah. connect. That'd be fine. 
and uh, and Manico uh, Christian School is is the organisation. If anyone wants to, so I just know that you never know. Um, some of the stories you shared could really help people, and so if if people want to drop a line, then uh, then yeah, look Pete up on uh, on those social media channels, or um, or you can look the school up, and uh, yeah, and, and totally, yep, happy to chat. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in and uh, and joining us for today, which has been lots of fun to uh, to really hear some of Pete's story. Um, also, for our listeners, don't forget I have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and Leadership Question of the Day, a podcast where I ask you a different question every day to put a stone in your shoe. So check those out. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to Pete for, like I said, for sharing so vulnerably, um, for really putting putting your money where your mouth is in terms of we all talk about how there's one of my favorite quotes from another person is you know they they shared this quote there's winning uh there's not winning and losing there's only winning and learning and (laughs) um and your story is so rich in that because it's easy to say that but Mm. i just really really appreciated how you've shared some of your journey and what you've learned and wonderful lessons um and, and that's probably what i've one of the things i've enjoyed most about today pete but uh yeah, massive thank you to you for coming on the podcast and being so generous with your time. Thank you. Well, thanks very much, Jono, for having me. It's a great opportunity and I appreciate being given the opportunity. So, yeah, thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders And, you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning 
as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I, I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and, and please do that. And look for me, John O. White, or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. 95% uh, of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.